This is episode number 134 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannett. everybody. Welcome to the Fearless Presentations podcast. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and this is the podcast that helps people become fearless and professional speakers and presenters. This is episode number 134, and on this episode, I'm going to talk about how important it is to, to have that air of confidence when you, when you speak, when you present, and especially when you're trying to lead other people. People judge our competence by how confident we appear. So if we want other people to respect us and think of us as being a competent leader, we have to show that that confidence when we when we lead them or when we present to them. So the podcast is brought to you by Fearless Presentations. And the goal of this organization, the goal of the Fearless Presentations organization is to, I mean, really it's to help the entire world become fearless presenters. That's what we want. I mean, if we, we want everybody to reduce public speaking fear. We want everybody to be more poised. We want everybody to be more professional as a speaker. And we've got a number of different ways that, that we help people get to that point. I mean, obviously the podcast is one of those ways. However, we also have dozens of, of mini courses and online courses that help you reduce your nervousness. So recently we've, we've, we've had a big move where we're offering all of the, the mini course sessions on a membership basis. Now, prior to this, uh, even just as early as a couple of months ago, if you wanted to take one of our mini courses, we charge you a fee and you'd get access to that, that particular mini course forever. And, and you can still do that, by the way. I mean, you, you can, if there's a, a specific topic that you want to focus on, um, you can, you can purchase that, that topic. Typically the mini courses last anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour to, to take. So now what we're doing though, is instead of purchasing each individual mini course and paying a separate fee for each one of those, you can pay a, a small fee uh, to access every single one of the courses. And it, it's a monthly fee. So if you want to binge all the sessions in a 30 day period and then cancel your membership after the first month, you can do that. However, we're putting out new sessions every single week. So the membership, you know, it's got tremendous value. It, it, it's, it, there's a huge discount by the way, if you purchase on an annual basis. So you can get details just by going to fearlesspresentations.com. Um, if you're on the homepage, um, if you have trouble finding it, just, just fill out the form and one of our uh, instructors will will help you get access to that very quickly and easily. All right, so let's get on with today's podcast. Hey, I don't think I've mentioned this on uh, very often anyway. I think I've mentioned it just a couple of times, but I do have a, another podcast. It's called High Impact Leaders, and it actually goes back to to my roots of, of doing leadership training. I've been doing leadership training even longer than I've doing than I've been doing uh, public speaking training. And, um, and I'm, I'm having a blast, by the way, I'm having a blast putting out the, the high impact leaders episodes on this week's episode, though, I talked about how to make yourself indispensable, especially indispensable as a leader during a crisis period, which, you know, a lot of us are still experiencing during COVID-19. 
And it was so much fun because one of the, one of the, the, the things that um, I kind of focused on on that particular episode was having confidence in public speaking. And so I've, I've covered this topic on the Fearless Presentations episodes, eh, I don't know, probably a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. But I mean, things have changed so much that I really wanted to kind of update it and, and, and revisit that topic because it, it is so important. So if you want more details, though, you can, you can just go to your podcast, where, wherever you're listening to this podcast, uh, look for High Impact Leaders and you can get that episode. Um, anyway, though, uh, you know, if what I was saying before, though, was that people will judge our competence by the confidence that we show. I mean, if you think about it, let's say that you're going, going to be going in for surgery, right? So my, my son, Ben, he's um, 13, almost 14 now. And he had his wisdom tooth taken out, wisdom teeth taken out uh, a couple of days ago. And so he had to go in for surgery. Um, what would happen? I mean, if it, what would happen if the surgeon, just before you're about to go under to have that surgery, the surgeon walks into the room and his posture is kind of slouching. And as he's speaking, he's kind of stumbling over his words somewhat, um, you know, difficult getting a train of, of thought together. Um, his, his voice is trembling a little, his hands are kind of shaky. It, I don't care how good of a surgeon that this person is, you're probably going to want to get a second opinion and maybe even a third opinion really, really quickly. You probably want to get it fast, by the way. Uh, and it's just about the same in any industry. I know that's kind of an extreme example, but it happens in every industry, every single day. People judge how good we are at what we do by how confident that we are when, when we communicate with them. So if, if we speak with poise, if we speak with confidence, then they're, they're going to automatically make the assumption that we're competent at what we do unless we do something to prove otherwise, right? The opposite is true as well. When we, when we speak with nervousness or fear, the audience will automatically assume that we don't know what the heck that we're talking about until we prove ourselves otherwise. So um, if you, it's, think about any situation where you've had to hire somebody to work for you, it, 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 especially if it was a significant investment. Remember a couple of years back, um, um, my wife and I, we were, uh, we, we wanted to get our, we, we didn't, my wife did, my wife, Felicia, she wanted to get our kitchen redone. I'm like, man, the kitchen's fine. Yeah. The cabinets are falling off the hinges, but no, it'll, it, it'll last another two, four, five, 10, 15 years. Right. Um, and, uh, and we did some, we, we did some searching to, to find out who we wanted to, to re redo that, that kitchen. But if you've ever been through one of those things, there's a good chance that, that you likely conducted interviews of some kind. You probably also listened to not on, only what the person said, but also how he or she said it. Um, so I, I, I'll give you some examples of what we saw. So, um, so we had, we, I think my wife, Felicia, she, she called about a dozen contractors and did phone interviews with them. And then a few of them never even called her back. So the list got really short or shorter anyway, very, very quickly. I mean, one, one of the ones who did call her back um, had a, when, or when people did call her back anyway, she had a series of questions that she would ask each one of them. 
And, and then she was kind of comparing the answers, right? So a few of the contractors were really vague and confusing with their answers and they were automatically eliminated. So she ended up with basically two candidates. The first, the first of them had us come to his office, which by the way, was only a couple of miles away from our house. It was very convenient. Uh, and he was he was um, very friendly. He invited us to you know his huge office that had a a movie screen hidden behind the wall. It was awesome. And he touched a button, and the wall opened up. <laughs> and he showed us a video of the rendering of our remodeled kitchen, and it was exactly what my wife wanted. And and um, he, I mean, he'd listened to the questions that, that Alicia had asked him in, in that first interview, and he interpolated what she wanted in the kitchen based on the things that she was asking him and the information that he gave her, right? Or that she gave him. And it was a brilliant sales pitch, by the way. Then he showed us the price. And I, I think if I, I think I threw up in the back of my throat when I saw the number. It was so big. It was like close to what I paid for the whole house. I'm like, geez, I, there's no way I can pay that much. Um, the second guy, by the way, he came to our house with a photo album. And um, he asked us questions while, you know, while we were, he was sitting at our kitchen table and we, we told him ideas that we had and he flipped through his album. Each time he showed us something similar that he had done to another house. So every time Alicia would say, hey, so I'm looking for X, you know, I, I think one of the things that she was looking for was like an antique finish on the cabinets, right? And oh, great, I've got a couple of those. And then he would flip through his flip book and he'd find a couple of those things and, and she'd, oh yeah, that's exactly what I'm looking for. The, the whole time he was telling us stories about these examples, by the way, and, and what he learned from each one of them. So he would tell us about that family and what they were looking for. And, and, um, and he also, you know, wove in a few, you know, kind of stories about what happened when, uh, during the project and when, where things, you know, sometimes things just didn't go as well and how he learned from those projects as well. So his estimate, by the way, was about half of the estimate of the other contractor. So we hired him right away. Um, it, the, so, you know, it, a lot of times people will think, oh, well, you hired him because he was half the price. No, I mean, it, they were, it, that, I, both of those people we could tell were competent. Both of them communicated very effectively. Um, if the uh, the person who had you know showed us the you know the rendering and all that kind of stuff if he had proved to us how valuable that extra um price was you know we probably would have gone with him especially if the second guy didn't do as well in in his performance but because both of them communicated well both of them built up that 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 confidence in us, then um, we, we made it a, a, um, a strategic um, and we think we made the right move, you know, obviously saved their, saved family, saved our family some, some money and got a dang good kitchen in, in the process and everything. But the point is though, is that both of those guys had different styles. Um, one of them used technology to increase his competence. The other one used his personality and used his confidence and used stories and examples. And that's really what you want to do in your presentations as well. You don't have to go and buy the best you know, visual aid services or whatever it is. You don't, have to, you don't have to spend a ton of money on your boards and stuff like that. If you're communicating effectively, you're going to build that rapport and you're going to build that confidence in people. So 
Um, and by the way, I, I, I tell that story a lot. If, if you've been listening to the podcast a while, you might've heard that, that story before. But um, so I, I tell that, that story because um, the, because I, I, I'll often ask the audience when I tell that story. So why did my wife and I make, you know, what did we make that buying decision on? And, and just like I said before, a lot of times it's going to be, you know, well, it's price, right? Um, and, and it does seem obvious, you know, the guy that we chose was half the price of the one that, that we didn't choose. But if, if you, if you really had that perception, you're forgetting about the other 10 contractors. In fact, if the lower price contractor had, had not been able to prove to us that he was competent, then we would have chosen the high price contractor. In reality, though, the, the guy who, who we chose did the best job at mitigating our risk that the job wouldn't, would, that, that it would be done properly. And uh, my impression of the first guy was that he was probably good at his job. He, he could tell, you know, we could tell that he was very successful. But when he showed me his price, my perception shifted right or wrong into thinking that his high price was so high that it was so he could play for it pay for his electronic toys. Right. So my, my brain kind of shifted into the, into that mode. So keep in mind that we never physically inspected any of the contractors work in person. Whenever we went to any of their, any of their, um, uh, the, the former customers houses or anything like that, our buying decision was made entirely by assessing the competence of each of the, the contractor based on the way that each one of them communicated their ideas to us. The second contractor got the job because he had pictures, he had social proof and stories, you know, that seemed really plausible because he not only told us about his successes, but he told us where, Hey, hey these are some things that I screwed up on. And, and as a result of me screwed up on these things in the past, then you're going to get a much better job because I know what I'm doing. Right. So, um, and they did, they did an excellent job and we had a fantastic, a, a, fan, a fantastic kitchen in the, in the process. Um, so the thing that, that, um, is most important about this is that that people will always form a perception right or wrong about our confidence based on the confidence that we're presenting with um, um i give a, another example a, a while back I, I took my kids to a fast food place and it was pretty busy so i i jumped into the shortest line which I always do because I'm impatient, right? So when I had to the front of the line, though, I gave the 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 young person who was at the cash register, gave that person my order. And I could tell by the look in his eyes that something I had said had confused him. He looked down at his screen and he started searching for the item that I, that I had mentioned. And my first impression of him kind of kicked in. It was, ooh, this person doesn't seem very sharp. I, I may have made a mistake by getting into this line versus waiting in the longer line, right? And I watched his fingers searching the electronic menu and I could see, you know, see it tremble a little. And all of a sudden, I had a better understanding of the situation. My perception changed from this person isn't that sharp to, oh, he's a trainee. <laughs> he's just learning how to do this. So immediately after drawing that conclusion, though, I glanced at his name tag and there it was. Trainee was right above his, or right below his, his, his name, right? Small letters. And, um, and, and by the way, he gave us great service and he did a great job. And, and that's not really the point. The point is, is that his self-consciousness caused him to question himself and when he questioned himself, he showed nervousness. And that nervousness came across to me as him not being that good at working the cash register, at least yet anyway, right? 
So every time that we interact with others in, in the business world, we create an impression of, of, of on those people. I mean, I, I think back to challenges that I've had in public speaking as well as successes that I've had that I've experienced. The difference between those two always comes down to one single thing. And every single time, whether it was whether I had a success or whether I had a a, a, um, a a glitch, you know, one of those challenges, it always came down to how I felt about myself when I delivered that presentation. For instance, when I was an intern, giving a report about about my summer to a bunch of corporate vice presidents, I felt inferior to everybody in the room, and I failed miserably. You know, the very next year, though, I received an award from from my industry association for for the for um the the association that's in charge of the industry that I was in, and there were thousands of people in the audience. But I nailed that speech. You know, I mean, I because I, I saw myself as, oh man, I'm the one person in the entire world that got this award, right? So, I it was basically a a, a different perception that I had of of myself. I mean, I had done something that very few, if any of the people in that audience had ever done. And I was the expert at that moment. And that realization was very freeing. It made me feel competent and confident, right? So you often see, you know, name tags with trainee and in hourly positions, but you know where you never, ever, ever see a trainee name tag? You never see an airline pilot with the word trainee written on his or her name tag, right? You know, pilots speak to the entire plane at least twice on every flight, right? Um, at least pre-COVID-19. I'm not sure. I haven't been on a flight since the, since COVID yet. But the pilot typically makes an announcement. The, the pilot will make an announcement as the plane kind of takes off. And then one again when the plane begins to, to, to land, right? Now, I'm, I'm not a pilot and I've never applied to be a pilot. However, I will bet a substantial amount of money that Pilots have actually lost their jobs because they couldn't build confidence with the passengers when they make those announcements. I mean, if you if you can't make people feel comfortable when you're giving those announcements, then you're going to scare the gooey out of people when they're taking off and landing. When somebody's flying on a commercial airplane, that person, you know, the person that's flying anyway wants to be confident that the the pilot, the person in front of the plane, is competent, and it and it it seems like a minor point, but when the pilot makes the announcement, if he or she sounds nervous, the entire plane's going to start freaking out. So what I mean, so what makes this person so much more trustworthy? Well, it's the training. The training that a pilot gets is so extensive that he or she will likely feel very very confident. Um, when they make those those uh, announcements, um, you want to give the perception to people that you're a trainee, or do you want to give them the perception that you're a professional? Um, just realize that you are the expert when you're communicating to your team or or to the the general public. Communicate the way. Communicate in a professional way, anyway, and you'll and you'll be perceived as being that expert. You want to exude self confidence when you present to groups. You want you want when you speak to individuals, whether that's one on one or in front of groups, um, and when you're leading people. That way, the outside appearance matches the inside competence. The good news is that most often, when we're asked to speak to a group, especially in a business setting, it's because we know more about that topic than anybody else in the room. Otherwise. Somebody else would be giving the, the, the speech, right? So if you understand this, it will help you carry yourself in a more confident way. I mean, you've got the cookie, you've got what they need, and you have the information that the people in the audience really want and what they need. 
And you are the absolute best person to deliver that information. So most of presenting is really a mental game. And, and yes, we have to create compelling speeches. Yes, we have to be interesting and entertaining. However, most of the time, your audience will create a very quick impression of your confidence based on how self-confident you appear when you deliver that information. So just like a pilot, the best way to create this perception of experience, of expertise anyway, is through, is through training and through practice. Um, and that's why, you know, listening to podcasts like this, uh, doing the, the mini courses that are, that are available, going through some professional training can be very, very, very helpful to, to folks to be able to really exude that confidence. Well, hopefully it's been very helpful to you. Um, if you do want information about any of our public speaking classes or mini courses, make sure and go to fearlesspresentations.com. Otherwise we'll see you on the next Fearless Presentations podcast. Thanks y'all. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.